Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Friday, July 28th. Former President Donald Trump is in Iowa today as many legal probes into his alleged conduct heat up. The special counsel investigating Donald Trump's handling of classified documents has brought additional charges against the former president. You'll recall that Donald Trump was already facing 37 criminal charges related to the case, and now the special counsel has added three more, one additional count of willful retention of national defense information and two additional obstruction counts. Prosecutors also added defendant to the case, Mar-a-Lago maintenance worker Carlos de Oliveira. The new charges claim that Donald Trump asked de Oliveira and aide Walt Nauta, the original co-defendant with Donald Trump in this case, to delete security camera footage at Mar-a-Lago after the Department of Justice issued a subpoena for it. The indictment alleges de Oliveira and Yusil Tavares an information technology worker, had a private conversation in an audio closet on June 27th, 2022, where they discussed how long the footage from the security tapes lasted and whether or not it could be deleted. The new indictment also alleges that Trump kept a top-secret military document and, quote, showed and described it to biographers during a taped meeting at his New Jersey club in 2021. You might remember CNN reported on this conversation and this presentation of the document to these biographers rather extensively. Trump and Nauta both pleaded not guilty to the original charges against them last month. De Oliveira and Tavares, thus far, their attorneys have declined to comment. After this superseding indictment uh, became news and known last night, Donald Trump sat down with Breitbart, a friendly conservative outlet, where he expressed his outrage. This is harassment. This is election interference. Uh, I'm protected by the Presidential Records Act uh, totally. It shouldn't even be a case. It's not a criminal case. Uh, Where's Biden with all the documents? He's got 20 times, 30 times the documents I have. Of course, this is now part of Donald Trump's repeated playbook, not actually pushing back point by point on the evidence put forth in the allegations in the indictment, but instead just making a sweeping, broad pushback attack that says this is politics at play. That is something we will continue to see Donald Trump do in interviews and on the campaign trail. The superseding indictment in the classified documents case occurred just hours after we had published our podcast yesterday, which was focused on the very real possibility of yet another indictment in another case of Donald Trump, and that is Jack Smith, the Office of Special Counsel, his case dealing with the attempt to overturn the legitimate election of 2020 and in the buildup to the January 6th insurrection. No grand jury indictment has yet occurred in that case, though Donald Trump, as you know, has received a target letter indicating he is a target of that investigation, and therefore most legal experts anticipate an indictment in short order. 
And that is not where Donald Trump's legal troubles end. There is still this fourth case playing out in Georgia, Fulton County. And here, too, Donald Trump's lawyers anticipate a potential indictment, this dealing with the attempt to overturn the election results in Georgia. CNN saw recently security barricades have been placed outside the Fulton County Courthouse in downtown Atlanta. County Sheriff's Office said it's, quote, coordinating with local, state, and federal agencies to enhance security during high-profile legal proceedings at the courthouse. Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis indicated she plans to announce charges in the state 2020 election interference case in August. So considering all of this, I thought it would be fantastic to have my colleague Sarah Murray join us to walk us through her reporting of what went down in Georgia after the 2020 election. Breaking news into CNN this hour. Prosecutors in Georgia have opened a criminal investigation. She's covering this very topic on the next episode of CNN's The Whole Story, airing this Sunday, July 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Sarah, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. So we know that the special counsel in the federal cases, Jack Smith, is looking into the aftermath of the 2020 election conduct. D.A. Fonnie Willis down in Fulton County, Georgia, at the state level, is also taking a look at conduct in the aftermath of the 2020 election. This is a criminal investigation. We're not here playing a game. I plan to use the power of the law. Because I sit here in this jurisdiction, it's my responsibility. Do you know and have a sense of her scope of that case and that investigation? Yeah, I mean, this has become a really sprawling investigation over essentially two and a half years. And part of that is because she's looking at potential racketeering and conspiracy charges. So this is not just looking at the activities of former President Donald Trump, who, of course, we know made that infamous call to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, pressured him to find the votes. But it's looking way beyond that. You're also talking about the harassment faced by election workers, people like Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman that, of course, Rudy Giuliani egged on by the comments he made. But just this cast of characters that started showing up at some of their homes, people like the former publicist for Kanye West, who contacted Ruby Freeman and essentially tried to pressure her to confess to being part of an election fraud scheme. And beyond that, we learned of this voting systems breach in a rural county in Georgia, Coffee County. And essentially the reason that the public learned about this is because this guy, Scott Hall, a bail bondsman, was part of a civil lawsuit. And in this civil lawsuit, he sort of brags about being able to access the voting system in Coffee County. I'm the guy that chartered the jet to go down to Coffee County to have them inspect all of those computers. They scanned all the equipment, imaged all the hard drives, and scanned every single ballot. And that's an element of this scheme that we learned about far later than we learned about things like Rudy Giuliani showing up in Georgia or Donald Trump calling officials all over Georgia trying to flip the election results. Do we have a sense of how that Coffee County issue plays into what you call the scheme, this larger scheme? 
One of the things that we've seen with the Coffee County issue is it looks like one of these things that seems like a grassroots effort to begin with. And then as you peel back the layers, you start to learn that there are people up the food chain closer to Trump who are involved, people like Sidney Powell. And that's what investigators in Fulton County are finding, too, that stuff like this that may at first blush look like something that may just be orchestrated by a couple people who really love Trump in a very Trumpy county in Georgia actually appear to reach higher and higher into Donald Trump's inner circle. Now, there's this word I hear you and Evan Perez and other colleagues that are on the sort of justice and investigations beat as it relates to all these cases use, and that is deconfliction. And I just want to know, with Jack Smith's investigation going on at the federal level, has there been contact between Jack Smith and Fonnie Willis? Do they have to have some kind of deconfliction? Because I would imagine a lot of this in Georgia also plays into Jack Smith's broader investigation. Yeah, I mean, we've learned just recently that Jack Smith has been asking more questions of Georgia officials and what went down in, in Georgia. But our sense from our reporting is that there really hasn't been a lot of deconfliction, that the Fed's certainly aware of what Fonnie Willis is doing in Georgia. They're aware that she's had this ongoing investigation for years, but they're not contacting her and telling her to pump the brakes or telling her to back off. And frankly, when you talk to people who are close to Fonnie Willis, they sort of question whether she would do that anyway. She's very deep in this, and we're now on the precipice of her making these announcements about who, if anyone, will face charges. And at this point, it seems like these are two investigations that are essentially running in tandem. Yeah, I think most listeners probably know that phone call uh, better than anything else related to this investigation. But as your documentary is going to show us on Sunday, this is a sprawling investigation that goes so much deeper than just that now infamous Raffensperger Trump phone call. We will all be watching the whole story Sunday night with Sarah Murray's excellent reporting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. All of these legal cases, as we've discussed many times, are playing out simultaneously as the race for the Republican presidential nomination is unfolding. We are less than six months away from Iowa Republicans going to participate in their caucuses and kicking off the nominating process. Tonight, a slew of presidential hopefuls are going to be in Iowa for a state party fundraising dinner. Each gets 10 minutes to address the party faithful and make their pitch. And yes, the dominant frontrunner in this race, Donald Trump, who is facing all of those legal challenges right now, will be there too. And he, of course, has said many times on the campaign trail and in that Breitbart interview, he thinks his legal woes are actually helping his political campaign. We'll see how his Republican rivals, if at all, try to address the frontrunner's challenges. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. CNN Political Briefing is a product of CNN Audio. Steve Lichtai is our executive producer. Greg Peppers is our supervising producer. Fez Jamil is our senior producer. Our episodes are produced by Krista Bowe and Taylor Galgano. We'll be back Monday.